Welcome to the podcast, or as we like to call it uh, today, a group therapy session uh, where... Didn't work! (laughs) Didn't work at all! It did not work for me. (laughs) It's it's one of those days where we're dealing with some uh, bad news that you may have caught from uh, last night's election. Yeah. I haven't... Of it. Um, I'm a tad frustrated today. I think you might be able to detect that occasionally Uh, during the program. Uh 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 So that's tonight. Uh, Mm -hmm. We're going on today, and we uh, Mm -hmm. hope you enjoy the podcast and hope that your frustrations are are helped maybe a little. Somehow or another, we cancel each other out, and we're all happy. (laughs) And then tonight, you'll probably get a little bit more of this as there's a brand new Stu Does America, followed by a brand new special on Glenn TV. Yeah. Yeah, this one's about uh, the Great Reckoning. Yeah. (laughs) Wrath of God stuff tonight. (laughs) You don't want to miss it at 9 o'clock. Please, we need you now more than ever uh, to be a subscriber at blazetv.com slash Glenn. Here's the podcast. You're listening to the best of the Glenn Beck program. It's good. Uh, let me just introduce you to the people that are going to be running the Senate now. I, I think you're going to be excited. I don't think this is bad at all. Um, <laughs> they are uh, going to be taking control, and it. Uh, let's just look at who's going to be on the committees and leading the committees. Um, Robert Menendez you remember him. He is uh, the guy who was acquitted on federal corruption charges two years ago. Um, he is going to be taking uh, taking over the Foreign Relations Committee gavel, which will be great. Um, he has been very upset that the president pulled uh, forces out of northern Syria uh, and uh, that we rebuilt the military and then uh, reduced the budget of the State Department and his priority rebuild the state department make sure that baby is strong and running then you have senator ron wyden a democrat of oregon uh he's going to take the reins of the finance committee which is great uh and he is going to roll back all of the tax cuts uh and he said we have to learn the lesson of the great recession and that is you don't take your foot off the gas in the middle of an economic recovery so spend, spend, print, print, spend, print, spend, print. Uh, then you have Diane Feinstein. Now, she is in next in line. She should be the chair of the Judiciary Committee, but she's pissed a lot of people off on the left lately, especially when she said, hey, that Amy Coney Barrett thing, that, that went well. Yeah, they didn't like that. Uh, so speculation is, is that she's going to step down and let somebody else have the power. Really? A senator is just going to step down? With a 1,000-year record of nonstop liberalism and progressivism. Not good enough. Not good enough because she hugged Lindsey Graham once. Yeah. And now she's going to be thrown out. It shows how much they care about their people. Well, here's the good news. Dick Durbin is next in line. Oh, good. good. you got that. Now, this one is really good. The head of the budget committee. Oh, this is the worst one. Is Bernie Sanders, <laughs> the head of the budget. Uh, now, the good thing is, we don't have a budget. We haven't had a budget since 2008. We don't operate on that anymore. Who needs a budget? You don't need one, right? Especially when your bank account reads negative. You don't ever create a budget. You just keep spending. 
That's what we've done. Now we're going to get some real healthy spending in here because Bernie Sanders is going to be the head of the budget committee unless he's appointed to the secretary of labor position. Oh, thank goodness we're all going to have all kinds of rules, regulations, and plenty of labor unions if Bernie Sanders is the, I mean, which one's worse? Him as the head of the budget or him as the secretary of labor? <laughs> I mean, they're equally terrible. I mean, I, I feel like Ava Braun. I don't know. I don't want to take this, the cyanide pill, but pff, you're going to shoot yourself in the head. I don't like that one either. Well, you must decide. Okay. Like Hangover 2 and Hangover 3, they are equally terrible. <sighs> Holy cow. Holy cow. Okay. Uh, then you have Senator Mark Warner uh, from the great state of Virginia, which mm. is totally great. Um, he's going to be the uh, chair of the Senate Intelligence Community, uh, Committee. So he's going to oversee, uh, you know, all of the, the CIA and uh, NSA. And he's going to make sure that our directors are complete. Maybe we get Clapper back. Wouldn't that be great? Sure would. Uh, then, uh, then we have on the uh, Commerce, Science, and Transportation Committee, uh, we have Maria Cantwell. Now, she's from Washington State. And let me tell you something. Anyone from Washington State, I'm all for. They, I mean, they got it down. Seattle? Washington State? Oh, it's, it's running like a, like a drum. I mean, it's just great. So uh, she is going to be uh, she's going to be analyzing the impact of the tech giants on local journalism. Very, very concerned. <laughs> so, you know, the hundreds of local and regional newspapers have disappeared. Revenue dried up because uh, I don't know. We're not riding horse and buggies anymore. Uh, and so she's looking to figure out what we can do as a federal government to make sure those jobs are. <laughs> and surely that won't lead to positive coverage for Democrats, would it? Oh, By gosh, these publications? No. Uh, no. Certainly kissing the butt of journalists with one of your no. main proposals would not. There wouldn't be a secondary motivation for that. When you have the government mm -hmm. paying your salary. You know you can trust those journalists oh. to bite the hand oh. that feeds them. We've seen it. With, uh, with NPR. No, I mean, you haven't NPR, either. You want to talk about the most fair and balanced source. That's yeah. what I get every time I tune into NPR. <laughs> they time. are never about, they never. are never tilted against mm -mm. Republicans. It never occurs. Mm -mm. Ever. Mm -mm. Uh, then you have Sherrod Brown. Uh, he looks like uh, uh, he's going to be on the uh not banking committee that goes to someone else here he's going to be screwing I don't up the know, country screwing up the country yeah, okay. somehow or another <laughs> i don't know it doesn't say here what he's going to be uh i think it's i think it's for housing uh awesome yeah cuz the thing he's really interested in is uh emergency rental assistance oh good yeah okay. that's good uh, to hear so then uh then you have Patrick Leahy. Uh, he's going to be on the Appropriations Committee. He'll be the chair of that. And again, thank you, thank you, thank you. I am so glad that we have Patty Murray because she's isn't she from Washington State too? 
Maria, I, th- I think she yeah. is. Mm-hmm. And I who doesn't love yet another progressive Democrat from Washington State? Mm-hmm. She is going to take control of health, education, labor and pensions commu- uh, committees. So you got you got that. Uh, she's going to be she'll be able to take care of, you know, Obamacare. We're going to make that so much better. We're just going to we're just going to have one health care system. That's it. Single payer system. Uh, and she's going to with her in charge. It's going to be done right. Uh, well, when I say her in charge, I actually mean the Center for American uh, Progress, uh, you know, with, with them in charge. Uh, and writing all of the bills and everything, she'll, but she'll be able to shepherd that and just be like, "Yeah, okay. When do I? When do you want me to do that?" So she's got that. Uh, it's an exciting group, I will say that, isn't it? It really is. This is, and this is who they have, which is like these. Some of these people are so unremarkable, uh, but they will. You know, they they're kind of nameless, faceless shepherds through the, of these policies. It won't matter. Uh, whether they're effective or talented or smart, no, it, it's just you know they're going to have control, and no. that's what that's what's important. Yeah, that's what's important well, to Democrats. Here's the good news: the uh, purse strings are held by the House, but the House on all of their oversight committees, they've appointed the squad to the heads of the oversight committees. Oh, good. There. So you got the squad making sure that things like pay go, pay as you go. You want a new program, you have to find the money before you do it. You know. That rule, that's just been suspended. Uh, and, uh, and Presley, strangely, uh, I'd rather have the guy who's dead um, and buried next to his pool like a hamster in Memphis named Presley. I'd rather have him uh, in Congress uh, than uh, Ayanna Presley. But uh, she said that the great thing is that the new rules in the House— quote, have removed two structural barriers to our agenda for equity and justice and will allow us to advance the bold policies like Medicare for all and the Green New Deal and an equitable COVID recovery. So this is going to be good. And they said they are no longer going to have to worry about presenting big ideas that will get bogged down in procedural hurdles or harmful Austerity measures. So that's great. Look, I'm optimistic today, Glenn. Are you? Oh my gosh! Look at this collection of people mm-hmm. and all the wonderful things they're going to do for our country. They're so American. Oh gosh! They... Or they're the exact opposite. And I'd like to concentrate on that. You're listening to the best of the Glenn Beck program. Tonight, the Georgia win and the coming conservative reckoning. We are going to uh, have reaction to the uh, joint session in Congress to certify the electoral votes. Uh, We're told that uh, this by Senate staffers, that the debates over the objections to certifying could last well into the night. So we will have live coverage of that as well. Reaction to the Georgia results. Where do conservatives go from here? How do you fight? How do you fight on the grassroots level? This is America's turning point. What do we do? 
all tonight, only on Blaze TV, live at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. Don't miss it. Become a member of blazetv.com slash Glenn. Use the promo code Glenn and save 10% off of your year subscription. Now more than ever, now more than ever, we must protect each other's voices. Please, if it's not the Blaze, if it's somebody else that you think, I just, this person I totally trust, and they will work to get me the news, they will work to get it right, and life would be very different in America without their voice. Please support them in any way that you can. Same with your local radio station. Please, the sponsors on our, on our radio programs, they believe many times the same things that you do, and they come under tremendous pressure. And the pressure they're going to feel soon is off the charts. And I will tell you in the coming days, we've already lost one of, one of our longest-running sponsors um, because they were afraid. And they said, with what's coming, we don't want to be involved in anything, quote, dangerous, end quote. Um, and I'll explain that uh, to you. And uh, that's fine. But you need to understand we need you more than ever. BlazeTV.com slash Glenn. See you tonight at 9 p.m. All right, I'm going to explain what is happening and what happened last night. In case you haven't heard yet, uh, it looks like the Republicans have lost control now of the Senate. So there are no speed bumps, none. Uh, and they are going to reverse now everything that Trump has done. Uh, they are going to be able to accomplish the Green New Deal, uh, single-payer health care, everything. And it is going to come at a breakneck, breathtakingly fast speed um, because they've got two years and they learned from Obama. you got two years to do it and they are going to land with their feet on the ground. So let me explain first what happened. What happened last night is a result of a $600 stimulus check. That's what happened. There are people that care about their families that are having a hard time feeding their families. And Nancy Pelosi and her group made it very, very clear to those who are paying attention, they didn't want to give stimulus checks. They wanted people hurting before the election. And because they had the press, that's the way it was spun. It was spun that the big old meanie Democrat, uh, Republicans were the ones standing in the way because they only cared about special interest when, it, quite honestly, the exact opposite seems to me was true. But then they decide to uh, roll out a stimulus package and... The Republicans allow it to be $600. I saw the $600 thing, and it was an insult. You, you asked people to close their businesses. People lost their job. They haven't been able to pay their rent or their mortgage, 
and you're coming to them after months of nothing with $600, then they moved it up to $2,000. $2,000? That's an insult. How many, That won't cover the back rent. That's what happened. We had the guy from Trafalgar polling on yesterday, and he said that's when the polls moved. And he's absolutely right. That's what happened. GOP control of the Senate means you're not getting any more money. Democratic control of the Senate means money's on the way and lots of it. That's what happened. That's exactly what I told you would happen in 2016. I told you in 2016, guys, I don't believe in Donald Trump at the time. I didn't think he would do any of these things. Okay, but he did. He turned out to be a very effective president. But I told you at the time when I didn't trust him that what's going to happen is we are going to have an economic crash in the last in the last year and it will be devastating. And either Donald Trump and I thought this at the time, Donald Trump would just become FDR like nobody's business. Well, he didn't. And I said, either we are going to get FDR from Donald Trump and he's going to transform everything or you'll be voted out and you will lose every election uh, after that for a long time because the Democrats will just become a candy store and it will happen in this term. Well, I was wrong about Donald Trump, but I wasn't wrong about the scenario. And that's exactly what happened last night. Now, I want to talk to you about something even more dangerous. And that is people giving up. And this is going to get worse and worse. People want security. They really don't want freedom. They want security. And it, you can understand it because if there is no security, there is no freedom. That's why the Wild West was wild and needed to be tamed. Because you could move to a town and you were all like-minded people and it was great until the bad guys wanted what you had. And then there was, there was no way to defend themselves. And so it was shootouts and it was mob rule. This is the way people feel. There's mob rule. I don't, have, I don't have the money to be able to do anything about it. I don't even have a job. I need help. And it's going to get worse because the dollar is going to die. And I want to talk to you about that today. It's critically important. But first, let me give you something written by Jenny White. She wrote, I'm angry. It's not a passing emotion brought on by a single circumstance. The anger is deep, painful, abiding anger created by a mix of frustration, despair, hopelessness, and injustice. Please find God. 
I don't care what church you go to. I don't care. Well, I actually do. If you're going to Warnock's church, that would be a bad place. But I don't care. Find God that is not a source of frustration, despair, hopelessness, or injustice. God is the exact opposite of those. For decades, I've been told to trust American institutions. And if I have grievances, to work harder to improve them. And I've done so far more than most Americans. And my reward has been watching corruption and ineptitude only increase. Jenny, you are not alone. As a public school science teacher in the late 1990s, I watched my parents disengage from their children and students gain more and more power over my classroom every day. I saw administrators allow it to happen and even excuse bad behaviors. Well, she's had a very hard home life. She just needs to blow off some steam, and let's give her a safe place to do that. You don't want her to feel unsafe, do you? I saw good teachers leave the profession rather than fight the brewing storm on the horizon that would make them constables instead of instructors, rely more on technology than instruction, and remove their classroom autonomy. So I quit to begin a family. Concerned about the way the Obama administration was taking control of public education, handing out stimulus checks, pushing for government-run health care. I, I, I helped start a citizens group. I helped bring in candidates for public office to interview and study bills and legislation. I worked with legislators to develop a bill to improve civic understanding by mandating study of U.S. founding documents in high school. I watched legislators talk to me and my fellow citizen lobbyists as though we were nothing more than a little gum on the bottom of their shoe and explain to us why they knew better than we did. A legislator told me voters sent him to Capitol Hill to make laws, and I watched a scowl darken his face when I told him, no, voters send you to the Capitol to protect their liberty, which often means repealing laws. I watched legislators lie to my face about the status of bills and why they wouldn't vote for them. I became frustrated, disillusioned with legislators and the entire civic system, and I quit. On September 12th, 2009, I went to our nation's capital for the taxpayers' march on Washington. It was amazing to flood the streets of Washington, D.C. with hundreds of thousands of other human beings, knowing that I wasn't the only person concerned about the State of the Union, its history, and trajectory. Although we left the Washington Mall cleaner than we found it, we came home to hear that not only had corporate media downplayed and lied about the numbers of participants, but according to them, we were all middle America yokels who knew little beyond what we could dig up in our cornfields. We were called disgusting names, criticized, denigrated, and smeared by even the President Obama himself. Hoping for the best, I enrolled my children in public elementary school that year. Over the course of five years, I watched a son be bullied so badly by other students that his own teacher that I had tried homeschooling just to see him smile again. I watched my other son left behind in math to the point that he couldn't add single-digit numbers properly. I watched a daughter bring home papers about global warming and bad white people who hurt Native Americans. I joined the Parent-Teacher Association only to find that fixing these issues wouldn't happen because there were no issues more important than selling wrapping paper to buy a new gymnasium and computers, make sure we had the same equipment other schools did. I saw no future for my children and me there. I quit the system, hoping 
that becoming involved in party politics could help steer the type of legislature elect. I joined the state Republican Party. For years, I dutifully went to every precinct meeting, county meeting, district meeting, even volunteering for the platform committee numerous years. Every year, a group of us tried to create policies that would require Republican legislators to follow the platform on which they ran. But after six years of no success with that or any other activity attempted to make Republican politicians more accountable to the people who elected them, I became frustrated and disillusioned with the party, and I quit. I found a little national education initiative called Common Core. I began writing about its problems, joined many other parents attempting to push back, even helping to get Common Core removed from state law. But after all my efforts, watching nothing improve, I watched the State Department of Education continue to find ways to propel Common Core into the classrooms, with us having no way to stop it. I watched teachers use social media to tear myself and other parents apart personally for having the audacity to care about our kids and other Oklahoma students, so I quit. Since that day, I have seen legislators and judges ignore significant allegations of wrongdoing, strong reasons for doubting results, and legitimate evidence of election fraud. She said, I'm angry because I've been playing by the rules. I've been paying my taxes, being civil, tolerant to my neighbor, accepting without protest the election of past presidents I didn't support, and never threatening physical violence, using name-calling, canceling careers, or using government goons to unlawfully spy, to invent reasons for impeachment, or media to misreport, misrepresent, or otherwise create dissension and anger. Yet the other side has carte blanche to do all of this. Today, I'm going to try one more time. Today, I will stand with fellow Americans on the mall in Washington, D.C., where I will once again petition heaven, where I will once again hope to see results before I quit for good. This is the best of the Glenn Beck Program. I've I've been thinking over the last break... um, of of what you need to know um, to be able to fight and understand what's going on. And the best thing we can do to fight is to not be behind the eight ball when it comes to money. This is happening right now. If, if the economy hadn't changed, the average person would have voted for Donald Trump. This would have been a very different election for a couple of reasons. COVID, we wouldn't have had the mail-in ballots. Uh, and then the second reason is the economy is doing, was doing incredibly well. Best economy in the history of America. And... What happened at the election last night? People voted against a $600 stimulus check and instead a $2,000 stimulus check. That's what happened. That's what made the point and a half difference. There is something going on right now that we, uh, that we told you would happen. Uh, and then there's something else that's going on that is getting very little attention that we had experts on say were going to happen, and the experts were 
that turns out to be right, but just way out of step with timing. And that is Bitcoin. Bitcoin last night was over $35,000 a coin. Now, most people will hear that and think, I can't, I don't have 35. You don't have to buy a coin. You can buy $100 worth of a coin. But the digital currency is the way of the future. And I don't know how it is all going to shake out. But it is the big investors now. It's the Goldman Sachs. It's the J.P. Morgan Chase. It's not the mom and pa that got in, ran it up to 20000 and then because they couldn't afford it, when it went down, they sold it at a loss. That's not what's happening this time. This is very big money. And this will change people's lives. Your dollar is going to fall apart. It's going to. Without a shadow of a doubt. I'll talk to you more about this, and it's not just about Bitcoin. It's about something that I told you. I've been shouting it from the rooftops on the tech thing for I don't know how many years, 10 years, 15 years, uh, and people don't understand it. And this is the year that it's all coming home to roost. This is the beginning of total transformation, and it's not coming from Congress. And I'll explain that on tomorrow's, on tomorrow's program uh, as, as much as I can. We have so much to deal with today. Tonight, I'm going to be live at 9 p.m. Uh, we have some, some big thinkers and some great experts on tonight to talk about not only what's going to be happening today, starting at, what is it, 1 o'clock Eastern Time, 1 or 2 o'clock Eastern Time, um, the, uh, with the presidential ballots. I am told from really good sources in the Senate that that thing is going to be going on all through the day and into the night. Uh, and so we'll have coverage on that, coverage on uh, what happened last night. If we have the official results on, on both senators now getting in uh, and the Senate being lost and turned over to the Democrats, what that means, and the conservative reckoning. That's all tonight, 9 p.m. Please join us. Join us at Blaze TV. Please. BlazeTV.com. I, I think I want to uh, talk to you. We have Yev on the phone. And uh, Yev is from Georgia. Hi, Yev. Hey, Glenn. How's it going? Good. You sound happy. Good. And it's, uh, it's Eve, but that's okay. Oh, I'm sorry, Eve. Uh, that's all right. Uh, well, no, I'm not happy. I'm disappointed about what happened. I think that the uh, $2,000 stimulus knockdown and the Democrats and their 600 bit was the whole thing. And, you know, so many people are just don't understand pretty much politics or anything in the world anyway. Yeah. I think most voters are ignorant to a, to a large point. But the one thing I wanted to say is that now that they're going to have control of the Senate, which I think they will, I'd like to see their agenda go fast. Because I think if, if it goes slow, like the progressive have been doing for the past 30 years, bit by bit by bit, you know, the American people don't see it. Now, I know conservatives see it, but the people who voted for 
uh, the two senators in, uh, you know, the two Democrats in, in Georgia are pretty much clueless on what's going to happen in the future. They, they don't, they say $2,000 and they think that's their godsend. And so I, I want it to happen fast. I want everything that they want to put in fast over the next two years. And hopefully that will shock the people who voted for, you know, Biden and, and the Democrats and say, oh, my God, I can't believe America is going this way. And then we can have a, a change, hopefully, in the midterms. But also, uh, one of my biggest concerns is, is the mail-in ballots. Unless the state legislatures change this and we don't go forward in Georgia from being in Georgia, me, to go to our state legislatures and say, hey, this was illegal. It can't happen again. We have to have in-person voting or absentee ballots, but this mail-in stuff has got to stop, and it's unconstitutional for the state constitution. If we don't get involved in our state legislatures and this mail-in ballot voting does not change, then we're done. We're done because we can't compete with, with you know, four ballots showing up at a house and all four of them being sent in for people who don't live there and are, are out of state and and – you know, it's just to me, it's this is where we lost the election. So I agree with you on the ballots 100 percent. I urge caution uh, <laughs> on uh, rooting for things because they're not talking about they're not talking about big uh, tax increases. They're not just talking about things like that. They are they're talking t- about that. But oh, yeah, also they're other- all going to they're going <laughs> to do all of that. But yeah. they're talking about structural changes that don't. That will not be reversible. Yeah, a small example of this would be Barack Obama gets in. He's got all these majorities, and they did move quickly, and they did pay a price for that. I mean, the Tea Party was a price for that. They had massive defeats in Congress afterward. You could argue that you know it woke America up. I think that's true. On the other hand, they also got things like Obamacare through that will last till the end of time. You know, like they put in massive programs and structural reforms that we will be paying for as a country till the end of time. And they learned a lesson in that uh, era, which was we didn't go far enough, fast enough. Mm -hmm. And they're going to try to do structural Mm -hmm. things that will block the Republicans out from regaining power next time. Uh, So I, 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 I understand the sentiment there, but I, I, I'm, I'm very concerned. I think we should oh, do yeah. everything we can to slow this stuff down, though I do understand America does need to be wake, woken up in a big way. I want to wake them up. I, I don't Seriously, I mean, even the Tea know, Party thing, right? Like it woke up but for a couple of years, maybe. But I mean, you now look at even the approval ratings on things like Obamacare are rising among Republicans. You know, it just, you know, hey, it, it, it hey, just uh, don't go out to restaurants, close your restaurant, close your business. You're going to lose your job. We're not going to pay you for it. Uh, we're just going to keep telling you exactly what to do. Hey, we're going to arrest you if you go to a party. If this doesn't wake America up, America is 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 too far down in slumber. I mean, really, honestly, what what is it going to take? They're they're now blaming the people of California for the the horrible spread of COVID. Well, how is that possible? How is this possible? What's happening in California? You shut everything down. You were the most draconian. You are you are arresting people. Most draconian. 
more old people per capita in Florida than any other state in the union. We all know that they are the most easily harmed or killed. Well, uh, Governor Cuomo, it's still out whether he knows that or not. Uh, But they have more old people per capita in Florida. Why is Florida that didn't shut down? Why, why aren't they having what's happening in California? The, the, the something's wrong all over the place and government yes. is not the solution. To right. It. It's there's something that they are missing. Something's wrong. Something is wrong. If this doesn't wake America up, nothing will. Nothing will. So you just preserve what you can and you start to preserve in your own home, quite honestly. And you've got to preserve the teachings. Those things are going to be wiped out. If you think that the deep state was bad, give it four years. Because they're teaching, they're going to start teaching all of the critical race theory stuff. Again, I mean, they didn't stop. We exposed it. Other journalists exposed it. Donald Trump and the White House. Did you see them? They attacked, uh, what's his name, Russell uh, from OMB. He was on with us several times. He's the guy who was like, we got to, it's in the White House. And he's like, we got to stop it. And he was effective at stopping as much as he could. Oh, they raked him across the coals yesterday. Because he was uh, from the budget, of, you know, he was from the Office of Management and Budget, and Donald Trump was $2 trillion over budget. Uh, yeah. And are you guys going to, you, you guys not going to just start printing money and spend billions and trillions of dollars? You guys, as I think we're going to thrill we're going to thrill at the days when the budget was only $2 trillion over. Mark my words, we're going to thrill over it, and we'll be told it's an investment for the future. Uh, and we just have to wait for that investment to pay off. Otherwise, it'll cost us a lot more. You know what? I'm a guy, man. I'm a guy with a frugal wife. I've made that case to her a lot of times. Honey, look how much money we're saving. We don't need it. Yeah, but I mean, but it's on sale. And by the time we do need it, it'll probably cost a lot more. Think of the money we're saving. That's the way the federal government is working right now. And it doesn't work, I know, because I use it all the time. It's the, it's the move of a financial idiot. And I'm one. There are several things that need to be addressed and I am sick and tired of those people, especially in the media, who would be saying exactly the opposite thing. And they would be encouraging the violence in the streets. If the roles were reversed, they would be saying exactly the opposite. <laughs> 